Welcome to this week's episode. So today I am talking about when your ability doesn't quite match up to the music that you're playing. And I know that I have suffered from this. I still suffer from this. You know, none of us are perfect musicians. We're always going to come across something that makes us feel a little bit shaky or a little bit vulnerable. So this is how I deal with it. This is the best way that I've found to do the best job possible. I hope it helps you. Okay, enjoy the episode. I've had quite a few uh, messages about and also something that I've definitely, well, I continually have, which is um, when you your technique basically doesn't match the songs or the musical material that you need to play. And I've had this, you know, I, I still have this. Um, there's still songs that when I see them on a set list, I go, oh gosh, I still can't quite pull that off. I might be able to for half a song, but then for the rest, it, it, it's kind of, I have to sort of um, adapt. But anyway, I wanted to talk about it um, because I think that although it's important, you know, to have great technique and to be able to play things, I think if you're going into a gigging situation where, A, I mean, it's in public and people are listening to you and you want to do a good job and you want to sound good, um, also, you're playing with other people and, well, you'd hope you're playing with other people. You might not be. You might be playing to a backing track. Anyway, but if you're playing with other people, in fact, no, it applies if you're playing to a backing track as well, if not more so, because there's less leeway. But you want to be solid. You want to be sitting on that track or within that track. You don't want to be kind of teetering on the edge of falling off of it. And that's like, yeah, the worst thing. So I just wanted to talk about how I approach songs that I maybe can't physically play or... Um, it, I mean, it's not just a speed thing. It might not be a, like, it could be a speed thing. Maybe my hands aren't quick enough, but also like the placement, maybe um, the feel of it means that I can't get the bass drum in quite the right place consistently. I might be able to a couple of times, but then it might sound like awkward um, other times. And it's just about creating parts that work for you and, and, and make you feel solid. If that's all we got to do, be solid. So what I do is, um, I will, I'm trying to think if there's a specific example that I can use. Oh, I'm sure I'll think of one in a minute, but what I'll do is I'll listen to a song, I'll chart it out, because that's what I always do, I always chart out new songs. And then I listen to the kind of feel that it has. And obviously I would have ascertained by this point that I, the parts I'm going, oh gosh, uh, I'm probably not going to be able to play that like it is, at least not to my standard that I want to, which is solid and confidently, because if you haven't got that, you ain't got anything in my books. So what I'll do is I'll listen to the feel and say it's like a, a shuffle kind of feel. I'll be like, okay, right, it's a shuffle, but it's doing something really awkward on the kick drum, which is really, I know me, and if I try and play it, it's going to sound a bit like unbalanced and you know I am self-confessed not the greatest drummer in the world I would never ever say that about myself like never ever um but like I said I've managed to make a living from it so these things seem to work so anyway again getting back to this so I'll, I'll okay right it's got this kick drum thing pattern and I can't really play it solidly within that groove and every time I try it I kind of fall off it sometimes I hit it sometimes I don't okay so what can I do and I'll create a pattern which maybe 
either substitutes um, like uh, a maybe like a snare instead or I mean even a floor tom sometimes rarely to be honest because I like to keep the flow of a track going and I think that the flow of a track is much and the flow and the feel is much more important than the sort of technicalities and the other thing that you have to realize is that the majority of the time when you're playing with other musicians if you're a drummer like myself the other band members are not and actually, they don't hear, you know, the little nuances that your ears are tuned into. I mean, they might. They might, and, you know, good for them. That's great if they do. But if you can still convey the song in the right feel, they're not going to stop the song and go, uh, sorry, that's, that's, you missed out that uh, snare drum there. If it's feeling right and you're confident and you're solid, that kind of trumps everything and okay if it is a really really iconic pattern and they can see I'm sure that they'll see what you're doing they're not gonna they're not gonna chastise you for it it's like okay cool you're adapting you're making it work that's the main thing just make it work make it work but don't be tentative about it if you're gonna play it play it dig in you know just be confident about it because there's nothing worse than someone sort of trying to do something and being timid or like I say tentative and it just it will sound wobbly because that's probably how you feel about it not very confident and and yeah and that will come across whereas if you're like okay this isn't the part but it's the right feel and I'm getting the essence of this and I'm gonna make it work great people are like that and as long as they're moving to it perfect then that's just absolutely fine um, yeah, so I think that this is something that I've kind of picked up over the years. Obviously, it's slightly different if you're, like I say, if there's a very um, iconic part, if it's in a covers gig, or an iconic part if you're in a, in a session gig. Um, if you maybe can't do the things that you need to on a session gig, um, if you can't rectify that in some way, like for instance, okay, perfect example. I was playing with an artist and there was a lot of electronics involved and there was this kick drum pattern. And I, in fact, this has happened more than once now that I'm thinking about it. So there's a kick drum pattern on a couple of songs I can remember, uh, heavily electronic, luckily, um, which I just couldn't play. I just couldn't play it like consistently enough and solidly enough. And I was like, oh my gosh, how am I gonna do this? And then I realized, hey, I'm playing electronics. This is great. So. I had my regular kick on my kick drum, uh, I had this fat cat on my right foot, and then I had another kick drum, well, in different places, but on another pad with my hands. So I was able to use my hands to imitate the kick part, and as far as the audience now out front, that is, that's the part. So you kind of, like I say, you make it work and you adapt, and yes, the people on stage with you might take the mick and that's fine. It's all par for the course. You're always gonna get the mick taken out of you by people on stage about something. So, hey, it's all good. But if you can then go away and sort of like work on that and come back strong, as long as you're always strong, then no, no one can really complain. As long as it sounds good, feels good, people can lock in with you and, and you're not the one that's sort of like tipping it off balance, then you're kind of sweet as. Um, yeah, so I think that's, that's, in fact, I wanted to also say, I wanted to give a shout out to Kim Miller, who is the one who originally asked me this question like 
ages ago and I said that I would do this video. Um, and since then, there's also someone else that has got in touch and I'm going to read this so that I get his name right. So it's Ezekiel Clifford Hill, who is an amazing guy. So he's a drummer. Um, I can't remember where he's from. He's from the States somewhere, I'm pretty certain. And he has cerebral palsy. And what that means is that he has no strength in his feet. So he has to do exactly that. He has to adapt. So he will use the floor tom uh, to get patterns between the feet and the hands. And he's constantly trying to build up the speed of his feet, even though he has this condition which makes it, I, I wouldn't even want to put a number on it, but so many times harder for him to do it than anyone else. But he's just like, no, I'm doing it. Like, it's not even an option. It's just, it's just when, it's not if. And, and I, yeah, that made me feel very inspired and very humbled. So I thought that I, I should do this video. I should definitely give him a shout out. And Kim, who is brilliant. She, she kind of, we met and she had been sort of playing and then she sort of built up her confidence a little bit and then she started sort of playing with this band and, and she's sort of going, oh, I, I, I don't know, they seem happy, so that's good. And I, I just know where she's at in her head because I've been there, you know, I'm, I'm still like that sometimes. Um, and, and she's just going from strength to strength. So um, for both of them, they're both incredibly inspiring and brave and... Um, yeah, it, it inspires me to keep working on um, on things like that. I should probably tell you the, the songs that I'm talking about that I had to uh, program the kick drums. So one of them was for an artist called Rosie Lowe, and I can't remember the name of the song, which is awful, and I apologise, but it has been about three years since I've played with her, or two years. Two years? Three? I don't know. Two years. Let's say two years. Um, and the other one is with Tom Bailey. I still have this part programmed because I just think it sounds great like when it's played with the hands. Uh, and that's Love On Your Side. So if you ever see me playing that song and you hear that kick drum, so it's like... Okay, so the da-da is on the tom and that's the kick drum. If you ever see me playing that, just point at me and be like... I know, I know, and uh, yeah, like I say, I get uh, the mick taken out of me for that, um, mainly by Johnny Atkinson actually, ever since the first tour we did together, and he still takes the mick, and it's fair enough really, I'd probably do the same, in fact I do do the same, so, family in it. <laughs> anyway, I hope you guys are having an awesome day, and I'll be back again talking about another subject, rambling on at you, um, yeah, until then, I'll see you later. Hope you enjoyed that episode there and I hope that it helped you in some way. As always, if you think that this podcast, these subjects, this episode in particular will help anyone that you know, please feel free to forward it onto them, forward on the link. And also, if you have any questions yourself about drumming, about music, about being a professional that you'd like to ask me, that you'd like me to answer, do a video or podcast, whatever about, then please feel free to get in touch. My email address is info at a drummersguide2.com. 
you can equally uh, just follow me on any social media and ask me on there and I will be happy to do some sort of video and hopefully be able to give you some sort of useful information. But I guarantee you there will be some rambling in between and I hope you don't mind. But anyway, I hope you're having a great week and I look forward to hearing from you soon. Lots of love. Okay, bye. Oh,